0: You are listening to the Fantasy Football Podcast on the Drink Five Network.
1: Here we
0: go down that same old road again. Ah, yes, Dave. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. All the drinks. smells like bacon a little bit. It's really a good thing. Hey, yo. I love smoky scotch scotch scotch. Scotty scotch scotch. So, uh, we are here tonight, as we always are on Tuesday nights. My name is Jason. I'm joined with Dave. We are Drink 5. You know, a small part of the greater whole, I suppose. Maybe larger than a small part. Anyways, uh, we're here for the first fantasy football podcast that we're going to be doing uh, for the whole season. (laughs) Um, Of course, there's a whole season to go still, and there's been a lot of moves in the offseason and stuff, and we're going to kind of go over the moves that we've seen so far in the offseason, figure out what this means for all the teams, and, uh, you know, just have a few beers. So, Dave, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Right. Well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, for one of our retro Spectacle podcasts, you had brought on a uh, a new beer, or at least one that I hadn't had before from Stone, mm-hmm. called uh, Delicious IPA, and yes. fantastic beer. So I decided I to seem get to it Remember again it
0: being good
1: because it's St. Patrick's Day <laughs> and uh, it's green. So you know, I went over to Benny's, which is our local uh, repository of, of good craft beers and things like that. And I saw a couple of Irish beers, you know, you got your usual Guinness and you've got your harp and stuff like that. And I wanted to get something crafty, but I didn't have enough time really, since I was kind of in a rush tonight. Um... Coming from band practice, and there was so much going on this evening, so I These I just humble over here too. I literally just grabbed the first thing that I saw that was awesome and green, which, all right. which happened to be delicious IPA, and I, I'm hoping you don't mind.
0: Uh, I don't mind at all. It's a great beer. We also have, have some uh, shoes,
1: we also have some Bushmills Irish whiskey, um, which I'm gonna I think. Gonna requisition a shot right now. Triple distilled Irish whiskey from nice. the Old Bushmills Distillery product of Ireland. So we are still having something uh, of uh, an, an Irish uh, nature.
0: Sure. And what does St. Patrick's we Day like mean? We like green, right? I mean, sure. it's great. Yeah. What, what does St. Patrick's Day mean to you? Um, it means that a lot of people in the city are gonna get really drunk today. Well, actually,
1: they generally get drunk on the weekend
0: preceding or afterwards. The Southside Parade, I think, was today? Or was it on Sunday? It was on Saturday or Sunday. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure that, you know, regardless oh, there of, will of be a people. holiday, there's a lot of people who are drunk today.
1: There will be people getting drunk today, for but, sure. But,
0: I mean, for sure, there always is. <laughs> and one more, uh, you know, date-related thing. Uh, tomorrow is uh, Troy's birthday. And uh, Troy will be uh, in age somewhere between probably twenty and thirty, I imagine.
1: Well, Troy being one of the writers for Drink and Five, yes, we, he's
0: one of our guys on Drink we Five. We have so to wish him cheers, Troy, uh,
1: Troy. Good morrow, Troy, and I hope you're uh, enjoying yourself today and tomorrow to uh, St. Patrick's Day and to Troy and to uh, the show. Cheers.
0: Little known fact: Troy is a real life leprechaun.
1: Mm. <laughs> Okay, Uh, so besides the uh, delicious IPA that we're having and the Bushmills Irish Whiskey, you also have a little bit of Scotland, right? So uh, we've had, uh, for the past
0: uh, little while... I suppose that would be a little sacrilegious today, then. Oh, I don't know. That's too bad. I freaking love this scotch. It's the
1: Ardbeg scotch, right? Yes. Very good. That and the the Le Frog, or I, I, I... can't pronounce these Lathreug, things right. Yeah.
0: And there's also Lagavulin. They're all all three of those whiskeys uh, come from the island of Islay in Scotland. And apparently all, just like right next all to the other.
1: Scotches that are made there are just really highly rated and regarded. Right. So, let's get on with it. Um, this is Fantasy Football Show and we haven't done one in quite a while. So, we're kind of opening up the floodgates here. If you guys have any questions or anything, join us in the chat room, let us know what you want to talk about, but the idea for the show was to just kind of go over each team and see what they had lost and gained and, and what that means for them going forward into the 2015 season. Before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about last year. So, 2014, I know that uh, both of us won a championship, which is great. It's always oh, good. Yeah. It's always good to win a championship in Feels fantasy. Great. Um, and what's important is talking about and figuring out what it is that you did that got you there because... Although, and I'm obviously constantly we'll have this struggle, you know, in any kind of uh, game like poker or fantasy football or anything that involves equal portions of strategy and luck. Yeah. Um, or not equal, but some
0: You portion. need both. Yeah. You need both.
1: So there are things that you need to, to do in order to get yourself on the right track. But obviously it's not like... You could you could assemble the best team on paper, and those players could all die in a plan crash. You yeah, know?
0: that that would definitely put a damper on your situation.
1: Yeah, but you don't want to go all buddy Holly on everybody else. So you know, how do we do this? We can basically we can alleviate that fear by picking players from different teams. Uh huh. No, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, we're assuming me, that's not going to happen. So we
0: each want a championship. I want you to tell me. Three things that you did on that team that won you the championship. Perfect. Exactly.
1: So uh, so for this particular team, what I did was pick up a lot of people during the year that ended up being really, really good. Who was be- the best one? Before... Uh, other people got them
0: Like a week we're, we're talking like a week Before they really hit
1: Yeah like I had Odell Beckham Jr. On that team
0: Me too That is one of the keys To me winning I think
1: And and because If you listen to us For example I mean we were very high On him before he became A popular guy Right uh, And so that's one of the things That you need to do Is Sean
0: you- our rookie guy You know Was touting him In the off season.
1: Yeah, and, and so you should listen to Sean, obviously, uh, although we're not going to be 100% accurate. There are some situations in which if if you grab a guy and he doesn't perform, so what? You ditch him, you get someone else. Yeah. But if you are the first person to grab one of these guys and they end up being like a you know top 10 person for the rest of the year of uh, Victor Cruz and Odell Beckham, uh, uh, there's... There's a lot of of guys like this. Uh-huh. I remember a couple of years ago. Who's the guy in the Giants? It was uh, uh, Steve Smith. Was really good. Yeah. And there was and
0: Victor Cruz was huge, and he was a free agent a lot for a lot of people that
1: year. Arian Foster was huge when people didn't know who he was. There was a guy. Was it Steve Slayton? Something like that. Who was like a PPR in the monster?
0: Yeah. 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 So I We're mean, going back a few years,
1: regardless of whether or not they are like uh, one hit wonders, we don't care.
0: As long as they hit for you, we're talking, that's what matters. We're
1: talking about a redraft league here. Yeah, so yeah. if you're in a dynasty league, it's a little different. But of course, you're still not going to turn away those points. So right. that's one. One is uh, watch out and, and listen and know uh, who is going to be that person that, that steps up towards the end of the year for you. The other thing is uh, trades. And, and trades are difficult for people, I understand. It's always hard to trade with... With other people because yeah. everyone thinks that that you're ripping them off but the longer you're in a league the more people realize that you have to do it you have to move the people around it's gonna happen so yeah the longer i'm in a league the more i see the trades happening naturally and it's a lot of times really cool to go ahead and take someone that was doing really well that you don't think will continue that for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and trade him off for someone else.
0: Yeah, like last year, it would have been a great idea, you know, to trade Steve Smith around week five or six.
1: Well, generally, if they're not a superstar, if they're doing well for like one or two weeks, let's say, do you agree with me? Uh, then you, you should trade them because because they're very. Uh, the statistics show that they will not continue this trend.
0: Yeah, most guys are not going to continue. Uh, those sort of streaks. Now you look at guys last year that did break the trend, like Odell Beckham. Um, like uh, who, who's the guy on the Steelers? Um, Martavis Bryant.
1: Yeah, but so cause you're talking about new guys, so younger guys. So I, I think generally the rule would be if there's a veteran player that's doing really well, you should trade him after the first couple of weeks he does well. Use, Veterans
0: don't last as long
1: because they just they they simply don't have the uh, you know the. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Help um, me out. They don't
0: have the experience. You know, they're not going to last. They don't Have the experience. They do have the experience. <laughs> that's all they have. They no, don't the, have the the endurance. The, yes, the endurance.
1: The the spunk. They're going to break oh, down at some point. Exactly. So so if you have a veteran that's doing really well, the odds are that if you trade him for maybe someone who isn't doing so well but is projected to do better it will be a better trade for you in the long run but what's so hard is to give up
0: that player it's tough to know when to let go and you have to be okay with letting them go a week early yep you have to let a guy go a week early and then you know what if you do that people are going to be more willing to trade with you in the future too not because you're giving away stuff but because they're not feeling instantly ripped off on a trade as soon as
1: someone does well You have to identify what they're doing well, identify uh, who they are, how long they've been in the league, and what team they're on. And if it can continue. Exactly. And if you put all those things together, then you can basically, you can determine whether or not that person is good trade bait for you. And I got to tell you, it's really hard, but if there are people that have been in the league for, let's say, more than three or four years that are doing good on a streak of two games, then then they suddenly have a huge value for all those players that aren't doing well. Yeah. So if you can trade high for low, uh, we'll ask Ken Payne. I mean, he used to have this column buy low, for a drink high. five. Yeah, buy low, sell high. And uh, and that's so important. So important. So that's number two. And number three for me is probably going to be the draft, I guess. Sure. Uh, and the draft being you, you don't take those players that – that everybody thinks are going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. You take those players that you think are going to be consistent because consistency in the draft is way more important than the possibility of doing well.
0: The possibility of doing well in Week 15 is always great, but the guarantee of X amount of points is so much better.
1: Yep. Uh, and and how about you? So so do you okay. agree with me? Do you have anything to
0: add? Uh, well, I would agree with the free agents. I picked up Odell Beckham. I picked up Jarvis Landry. Uh, they were guys that really helped my team. So I was on a PPR, half-point PPR league. Uh, and I also started two quarterbacks. So what I did was I kind of pl- platooned three guys at quarterback. And I made the right call every week, mostly based on the matchups. I looked at where they were playing. You know, are you home? Or are you away? Are you going to be playing a team with a good passing defense? Or you know, do you think a there's a lot defense? to a home and away? Um, in some cases, there's there's definitely trends where teams that have to travel really far um, aren't doing well. Or through the year, you throughout the season, you can tell if a team is struggling on the road or playing well on the road. Sure. Um, finally, uh, I would say that, like you said, the draft. I was able to pick up DeMarco Murray. You know, Picking up DeMarco Murray changed the entire outcome of my team because I had that awesome consistency every week. And that's what I was going for with him. I didn't think that he would be the guy who combined consistency with amazing points every week, but he was uh, minimum 10 points every week. He broke the record for more, the most 100-yard games in a row.
1: Yeah, the offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys, they – Going into the season, we knew that they'd be okay, but they proved I themselves think, as as one of the best ever. I think we knew that they ever. would be
0: good, but yes. They really just brought it to a whole nother level. And by so the way, they're the at, same
1: offensive line this year.
0: Right. You need to be looking <laughs> at stuff like that, and that's something that we looked at going yeah. into the year. That's why I liked DeMarco Murray. Picked him up in two leagues last year. Right. Um, I I took the, um, the approach last year of varying uh, my guys that I would target. Okay. I would target like a certain set of guys kind of in one, uh, one draft, and then I would shift that a little bit. It, some of it was based on what was actually available, but obviously in early rounds, you can kind of take most of the players you want. Well, it's probably based on where you're picking, right? Right, right. It has a lot to do with that. Yeah, I mean, were you
1: actually targeting different people for different drafts, or... Uh, let, let's say that all the drafts had the exact same uh, points. The exact same rules? The exact same rules. Okay. Um, would you be targeting everybody the same, or would you actually <coughs> move around the targets just because you wanted a little bit of variety? Like, I think uh, I
0: would probably vary my uh, approach in certain leagues. That's interesting. Plus, you know, I'll draft uh, later on in the year. Uh, You know, we do drafts early in August. We do drafts late in August. And once you get a little bit farther in August, you sort of have a better feel over where guys should go. So that's going to change your team, I think. Um, It has a lot to do with the people you play with. But I did specifically in certain drafts target, like, I want to go running back heavy early. And then in other drafts, I said, okay, I need to make sure that I get wide receivers here.
1: But that's probably based on... And that has a lot to do with the rules as well. On the rules, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but but we play in so many leagues. I mean, uh, you
0: have to play based on the rules, and I think that that is where the variance is going to come. And then uh, you know, if everything was the same, I would probably just change it up out of boredom.
1: <laughs> I every year going forward. I mean, we're we're literally going to end up playing in like ten leagues a year. That's going to be what we what we kind of balance at. I feel it like could
0: be we're going to need like an intern just to manage our like pickups every week. We should
1: like that. just yell at the intern. We need coffee. I don't you even get me Odell Beckham. What the hell? Who are the free agents? <laughs> Who's trending? <laughs> so, uh, so thank you very much for 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 your thoughts on that. Uh, we we think that uh, we've done a very good job on some of the leagues that we were in. There were mistakes that were made too. Uh, one of the mistakes that both of us made, for example, were early on. Uh, we both kind of thought in in one of our leagues, I think one each that uh, Tom Brady may not be the guy he was supposed to be. Yeah. So we did drop him. I think both of us did drop him in both of our leagues. And then he ended up being the Super Bowl-winning, amazing quarterback that that he was before <sighs> a slow start Tom Brady maybe have.
0: He had 4,100 yards he last He finished year, very good. 33 <laughs> touchdowns, 9 picks. Um, he did finish much better than he started. I wound up dropping him and then trading for him, um, but I gave up something like silly, like Trent Richardson or no Doug Martin. I gave up Doug Martin for Tom Brady. Um, so you know, whatever. I don't want to talk about that league. Okay, but but uh,
1: <laughs> but other mistakes that we may have made. Um, I, I think there's a couple things that that I did that could be recalled if it was possible, um, and that would be. I think, going a little bit too much towards running back this previous year. Interesting. Because wide receivers tended to be the ones that scored a whole lot of points. Yeah. And um, and I think, I, I'm not sure, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I'm not sure about uh, about the trend. But you know and I know that generally in, in fantasy football, you're going for the running backs that are going to be having uh, – the most, uh, the most opportunities. S- yeah, the most opportunities in every single huddle. So you got guys like Le'Veon Bell; they're going to go every single time. Demarco Murray, Matt Forte, uh, Matt last year, etc. And these guys, literally, if they're going to call a run play, the odds are probably seven out of eight that this guy's going to run. Sure, and that's great. That's fantastic. But the league is kind of trending towards a little bit more of uh, a committee. And so you have to be wary about that. Now, whether or not that will continue this year, that's another thing. It seems like there are a couple teams that may still carry the, the massive kind of running back strategy. So, and so if that's the case, do you go all towards that? Or, or do you just try to get someone that, that is a half-and-half half kind of guy? It's, it's a, a tough situation.
0: Do you think that it is still worth it to target the stud running backs early? You know, you're Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles, or do you think that you're better off uh, trying to pick a guy, just a guy, uh, and not drafting running backs early?
1: Well, I'm still thinking... It sounded
0: like you were a little, you know, you're saying that you didn't do well in a league where you targeted running backs.
1: Uh, Well, yes. Okay. The point being that I think that uh, wide receivers are making their mainstay. They have been for several years. And now, at this point, the the fact that it's all like a quarterback throwing league, uh, the read option stuff has kind of died out a little bit. Robert Griffin III, he wants to throw in the pocket. Who could have envisioned that two years ago? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of these teams that that brought in guys that, that played for one year, or guys like Michael Vick or whatever, we thought, maybe they could have another year. Maybe they could do it again. It didn't happen. Uh-huh. So it's, it's the pocket quarterback. They are really... There's something to be said about being able to scramble, being a guy like Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson is otherworldly. You know, it's not like it's not a regular quarterback. Yeah. He does things that that another guy can't do.
0: Right. He's only, you know, only Russell Wilson's doing that stuff right now.
1: So, the, the fact is that it is a passing league. And of course, if you get one of those main guys, like let's say you get and I I hesitate to say a guy like Le'Veon Bell because he is gonna be suspended for anywhere between two and four games this year.
0: That'll help him though. But they it, can't burn him out if he's suspended for two games. Well you're right. It's they he might be able back, to burn him out in fourteen games, I don't know. The guy
1: is that's what you want to target, but you're not gonna target that if you're if you're listening to me, because I think that receivers are the guys to look at. Okay. Um, and, and that's always going to be the case, I think well, uh,
0: Mistakes that you thought you made, maybe? Okay, well, I think my mistake is trying to target a position at all So, here are three examples Best available? I think that that may be the, the way that I should go Because I feel like I have very, a lot of strengths during the season In terms of picking up the right players and stuff You know, filling the holes that I need Sure Anyways, three, three leagues Two of them I finished, you know, ninth or 10th And the other one I won in one league, it's a very standard scoring league, so I targeted running backs. I wound up drafting, you know, Adrian Peterson and Giovanni Bernard, and I had all kinds of running backs on my team. But the guys who I wound up playing were Terrence West and Cam or Mark Ingram because I got, you know, they got hurt. I did get lucky and picked up Jeremy Hill, um, but you know that didn't work out so well for me. In the league where I You say lucky.
1: You weren't lucky. We've been talking about this every single week of every single fantasy season. You're
0: right. I can't take credit for picking up Odell Beckham and then just be like, oh, I got lucky and picked up Jeremy Hill. No. I I knew that I needed Jeremy Hill on my team. Yes. Anyways. And now he's the the main running back. I wish that was a keeper league. I would totally keep him. Yep. In the league where I targeted wide receivers, that's a PPR league. So it made sense to me to target wide receivers. Right. Uh, I picked up Calvin Johnson and Brandon Marshall. I did even wind up with Odell Beckham in that league. However, I still finished terrible in that league because I had no running backs at all.
1: But generally, aren't the running backs that do really well in a season
0: nowadays the ones that come up? So, I mean, maybe, maybe if... There was plenty of running backs that were drafted early that did fine by the end of the year. Remember, we looked at those stats, and the wide receivers were dominant in the first half, and the running backs are dominant in the second half.
1: Very good point. So, so, so what J- what Jason's saying theology, is, yeah, yeah it, it, this is something that we learned from last year, and we're going to look at again this year. And I think if if that remains true, that the running backs are dominant in the second half, that's very important. Right. What that means is that you should you should still draft those wide receivers, but then you should trade them halfway through the season or before then for running backs or trade not necessarily wide receivers, but trade four the running backs that aren't doing well, because they will end up doing better in the second half.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you still need to be picky about who you take. But what we looked at was, here are the top 10 in the ADP, uh, and here are the top 10 right now, and how does that match up? And for wide receivers, there was a lot of overlap, but at the beginning of the year for the running backs, there wasn't much overlap at all. By the end of the year, there was... Lots of overlap. And aside from the weird cases like Adrian Peterson or someone who got injured, they were pretty much always right there.
1: Gotcha. Well, let's uh, go ahead and dive into all of the stuff that happens in the off season, And there's a lot of stuff that happened. So how about uh, I, I sort of go into the AFC first, and then we'll just talk about... Particular teams and and Let's what about, their outlook ooh, should be.
0: Yeah, and if we have any thoughts about the guys, we're not gonna. Have, I'm not gonna have a thought about every guy. I hope that would take <laughs> forever.
1: So uh,
0: be here till like midnight tomorrow.
1: So I feel like whoever's listening out there, just you know, t- cheers to you and open another beer. Cheers to us. Yep, open another beer. Mm.
0: Let's talk about how the NFL is gonna look next year. This year,
1: and cheers to St. Patrick's Day. Oh my. I I gotta start hold, holding the shot over your laptop is, is a bad idea
0: <laughs> I agree
1: <laughs> mm. got it guys well do you have any uh, music you play uh, like in the background a little bit I think that'd be awesome fantastic this guy Jason he's an all-star okay well, let's start with the AFC East
0: we're having very aptly named songs tonight it was a drunk slide. <laughs> After that little moment, I think we're sliding into drunkenness.
1: Absolutely. So let's just go ahead and see how far we get, all right? New England Patriots, they were 12-4 and 4 last year. They won the Super Bowl.
0: I was there. I they, wasn't there, but I saw
1: it. You were there. You were in our living room.
0: I, yeah, you were there, too.
1: <laughs> they obtained the highest honor in the NFL by winning the Super Bowl last year.
0: That's one of the highest honors in America, sir.
1: It's probably one of the highest honors you can get.
0: It's pretty sweet.
1: Now, they gained momentum throughout the year. They started off pretty slowly. And, and we were talking to earlier about us both dumping Tom Brady. Uh, it was an unfortunate moment in, in our fantasy careers. Yeah. Uh, but there was a reason for it. They weren't doing that well. Throughout they, the season, they sort of carried it through to a victory. But up until, like, game five or six, they really weren't putting it on.
0: Yeah, I don't think he was... Uh, putting up like huge stats early in the year.
1: No, he wasn't. In fact, he was doing poorly. That's why we even thought about about dropping him. Uh, the team looks very similar offensively, with the exception of losing Shane Vereen to the Giants, Scott Chandler from the Bills, and
0: uh, really they added a tight end, another big white tight end.
1: Oh, uh, gaining Scott Chandler. I mean, yes, yeah. uh, they, yes, they got a large white tight end who he a, can't smash. Who's a red zone target. But he's not making up for Rob Gronkowski in any uh, capacity. However, I mean, they may think about doing two tight end sets, or they could just think about uh, having him as as sort of a backup for Gronkowski because you know Gronkowski will at some point in the season probably break a bone or something.
0: He will. There will be broken bones involved in <laughs> Gronkowski plays, whether or not they're from him or you know someone else. Yeah, remains to be seen. But for sure. You know, you can count on that.
1: So, like I said, they lost Vereen. He went to the Giants. They also lost Ridley, who hasn't gone to a team yet. Uh, However, they do have LeGarrette Blunt, who they obtained late in the season from Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, And they also have uh, some other running backs. Uh, They have James White, uh, who could pick up where Vereen left off as a pass blocker. However, just today, there was another um, acquisition by the Patriots.
0: Oh, really? Who was it? Who do you think it was? Uh, dude, I have no idea. There's too many names right now.
1: <laughs> uh, very very true. Uh, so, so they went ahead and picked up uh, uh, Travaris Cadet from, uh, from the Saints, yeah. who was uh, basically the same position that Shane Vereen played, also the same position that uh, another guy on the Patriots could have perhaps filled in with. Uh and, and when I was writing this these notes earlier, and which is funny, today stuff is still just flying off the flying off the uh radar, you know. Well, um
0: I can't believe this is something I just saw. Trent Richardson got signed.
1: Oh, to so the Raiders.
0: And Stephen Ridley isn't signed yet?
1: No. Oh.
0: Anyways, let's are we don't are we still on the Patriots?
1: Yes, we're on the Patriots. So I think that a Cadet will probably end up being Vereen's replacement. However, he is going to have to battle it out with some guys that are already on the Patriots. Remember they now, have... Didn't
0: they re-sign um, Brandon Bolden last year?
1: Well, they have Brandon Bolden, who's mostly a special teams guy. They have James White... Uh, who is is the guy that was probably going to move into the Shane Vereen role, and now he's going to kind of battle that with Cadet. Do they uh, still, have
0: Legarrette Blunt.
1: They have Legarrette Blunt, who's their main power back. Okay, they signed him to a two year contract, I believe. Right. Okay. Uh, and they have uh, Jonas Gray, who <laughs> is the butt of many jokes, and is <laughs> probably not anyone that Belichick is even interested in. What is so funny is a guy like that that can score like three touchdowns in a game isn't even interesting to it Belichick.
0: Was, it was. He knows that it's all scheme. That's it. Belichick's like I could have gotten those touchdowns.
1: <laughs> no, he's not. But he almost is like that. Almost. Yes, he's like that.
0: Yeah. He's oh yeah, come on. Can he's Bel- like that. Is
1: there a situation in which Belichick can become like a, like uh actually able to be on the team?
0: Uh they just have to sign him. Oh,
1: that'd be so good. If Belichick got a touchdown, oh my <laughs> god. If the coaches started like throwing to themselves, like Lovey Smith's on special teams. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, he should not have very many issues. Belichick, that is. Making do with LeGarrett Blunt is power back because he apparently, and, and LeGarrett Blunt, although not good on any other teams, is fantastic on the Patriots.
0: Yeah. Well, he, he runs forward and he doesn't fumble the ball. That's
1: all that they ask of their people. So we're going to deal with. Uh, Blunt getting most of the carries, uh, but, but may or may not be the guy that is fantasy relevant because there is a, an issue here between uh, Travers Cadet and James White, who is the guy who is the passing back uh, uh-huh. and, and also the uh, like pass blocker. Now, is it both of them? Because if it is, then nobody wins. And it's usually Patriots football. Yeah. So I'm assuming that they're just going to spread it out at this point. Uh, the acquisition of Scott Chandler provides depth at the tight end position and another red zone threat, but he'll likely not see as much work as Gronkowski, obviously, because Gronkowski is the tight end in the NFL. He is now number one because of easily because of Jimmy Graham going to the Seahawks.
0: He is done. The Saints know it. However, they got rid of him. What? The Saints know that he's done. He like totally fell off at the end of last year.
1: I totally disagree with you, but that's, okay. that's for a different uh, discussion. All right. <laughs> that's why the Seahawks traded their, their like, big-ass center and a huge draft pick for him.
0: I mean, why would they? I, look, the center is way older. and Unger
1: is, is, was rated as the number one or two center in the entire NFL.
0: Okay. Well, that's really nice. That's pretty good. Anyways, continue.
1: Well, strong opinions is why we have this show. So, uh, so Gronkowski will be the number one tight end. Do you agree? Yes. Uh, if he gets injured, then Chandler could be super huge. But it's not like you have to draft him now. You have to pick him up. And that's going to be really difficult. Chandler is a red zone target that they're specifically drafting right now as a backup to Gronkowski.
0: Interesting. You, do, you, do you think that if Gronkowski's out, he'll get lots of yardage like Gronkowski gets, like activity all over the field.
1: Well, look at, look at Chandler. Because uh, he did that with Orton. Look at Chandler in the past. Chandler has, has both gotten... Uh, he had a year where he had a whole bunch of uh, passes, and he had a year where it was mostly just touchdowns. Uh-huh. I think that the Patriots will not scheme for Scott Chandler, but if Gronkowski does end up getting injured, he'll be a massive touchdown tool. Massive. I mean, every team that Scott Chandler has been on has thrown the ball to Scott Chandler in the red zone. (laughs) He knows how to catch I mean, he doesn't
0: get tons of targets, but uh, he will in in New England for sure.
1: Yep. Uh, He'll
0: have a couple of games even if Gronkowski is healthy. Just like uh, who was the guy last year? Tim Wright.
1: Yep. Agreed. So uh, receiving core. Julian Edelman, Brandon LaFell, Danny Amendola. They return. Amandola, huge contract, 3-year contract for a whole bunch of money. I think it's like 12 million or something like that. The Patriots would not sign him if they did not think that he could have a role. So, look out for Amandola. They must know something. Right. Because we talked about this earlier, right? About Amandola and about how like he was what he was. He was this guy who who could have these awesome catches. But why would the Patriots who don't sign anyone Sign a Danny Amendola. They sign
0: all kinds of free agents. That's what they do. Not
1: for three years.
0: Uh, oh, you mean for like that. Yeah.
1: Dan, they sign Danny Amendola. They know they can use him.
0: Well, a lot of these contracts, man, like a lot of these teams can get out of, you know, they write them so that they can get out of the contracts if they need to.
1: But let's let us just say, you know, it, the fact is they signed him for a big contract. They're expecting a lot out of him this year. Yes. So exactly. he is a sleeper. But it's a it's a one that's snoring.
0: <laughs> All right, um, we have spent a lot of time on the Patriots, and we should stick to we should go very quickly, not very quickly, but much quicker on the other teams, and we should stick to the players that have changed.
1: Okay, so uh, Tom Brady st- sticks around. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, waiting in the ring in the wings. Uh, Darrell Revis was just uh, acquired by the Patriots. Darrell, I'm sorry. Darrell R- Rivas is gone. Yeah, he's gone. And uh, so they they have,
0: they still have a keep to lead from last year.
1: As I said before, they have a strong offense that is uh, suffering a little bit from uh, from running backs that are not there anymore. Uh, and I I understand what you're saying about waiting too long in the Patriots, but I just they are I, the Super Bowl winners. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's move on. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Kyle Orton's gone. Uh, they have Matt Castle and EJ Manuel quarterback contest. Who wins? Um, ugh. I say Matt Castle.
0: Yeah, probably. Cause EJ Manuel is not going to impress anyone.
1: Okay. LaShawn McCoy is now their running back. Should be pretty good with, uh, Fred Jackson. LaShawn McCoy is better than CJ Spiller and should do really well on the bills. The bills have yeah. a good defense. The Bills also have Sammy Watkins. They got Percy Harvin in the offseason, They have a strong and Robert team. Woods. All three of those guys averaged at 23 years old. Very young receiving core.
0: See, I think that they may be thinking that Castle just needs to manage the team, and the team has enough talent uh, to for them to make the playoffs.
1: The team was nine and seven last year. Nine and seven. They need to win like one more
0: game, and then they make the playoffs.
1: Now they have a better receiving core, a better running back core. Yeah. So, so what's your uh, what's your? Uh,
0: You know, I mean, they got rid of Orton, which obviously he weren't he wasn't going to stick around anyways. It was a one year deal. Cj Spiller. um, I think they're much better off without him. Because it was always one of those clouded backfields, like, are they going to play Jackson or Spiller? Now it's going to be very clear McCoy is going to be the guy, and then Fred Jackson is going to be the change of pace guy. And so Maybe third down at the beginning.
1: So this is now a team that could make the playoffs and will certainly uh, be competing for a spot in that division. Uh-huh. Uh, the Patriots will beat them. In that division. <laughs> However, they, they're going to be fighting with the Dolphins. And the Dolphins... It's a good division. Ryan Tannehill, obvious choice for a quarterback that will be chucking the football around for a long time. Yes. Uh, three years he's been in the NFL, uh, you know, so far. And he's improved his stats each year. In 2014, top five completion percentage, 66.4%. Nice. Uh, found success last year with Jarvis Landry. He was able to use Mike Wallace as a good deep threat. Uh, even though he was kind of, uh, he was a good red zone. Having too. problems with the oh, absolutely, but he was having problems with the staff, having problems with Tannehill. So they got rid of him, traded him to the Vikings, and instead acquired Kenny Stills from the Saints, moving into Mike Wallace's former position, as well as Jordan Cameron from the Browns to yeah. start at tight end. Yeah. And the Bills may have had the youngest receiving core in the NFL. No, the Dolphins actually they tie that exactly. With their new receiving core.
0: That's nice.
1: So uh, you've got Jarvis Landry, uh, and you've got Kenny Stills, and Rashard Matthews. Yeah. And they're young as, as well. And But that's great, because they can all sort of... Jordan Cameron,
0: they're all just young guys that are, that are coming up in the NFL. Both of these teams, the Bills and the Dolphins, are kind of setting themselves up to beat the Patriots. And they've gone very young to do that. Which, uh, revising my earlier guess if EJ Manuel plays well he's gonna be the quarterback it's sort of the case where it's his job to lose because they want to stay young in Buffalo that's the key to beating the Patriots right now is outlasting them
1: yeah uh because
0: eventually Tom Brady's gonna have to retire and then Bill Belichick is gonna have a big problem on his hands
1: well that's like three years from now
0: (laughs) right so you have to last longer than them while still being relevant so that your fans don't riot
1: and they know they have to be younger, but but it's also really good for them because they have for so long struggled with these veteran players like Brandon Marshall and uh, and Mike Wallace that have had right. problems. Right. And so now you've got these young guys that Tannehill can lead because he's older than them.
0: I wonder if it's the same guy uh, still, I think it's Jeff Ireland, uh, signing players in Miami. Uh, because if so, then he's really uh, rebounded from his previous blunders.
1: He's rebounded. But he says.
0: <laughs> I've watching a lot of BBC. In fact, I was watching like a really old school show. Who Sherlock. says rebound? In England, they say rebounded? I don't know. I think rebounded. Anyway.
1: <laughs> well, hold on. Anyways, that's these are very ass- good
0: moves this year.
1: That's an assust.
0: <laughs> a touchdown.
1: He's given him a touchdown. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the other controversy on the Dolphins is the running back position. Uh, They had Noshan Moreno, who was the lead back, but then got injured again. Now, Noshan Moreno is not a very old running back, so he could have the possibility of doing well again. However, probably not on the Dolphins. It looks like Lamar Miller will be the number one running back and kind of unquestioned at this point.
0: Not very many challengers, and that's on great the right now. Because him.
1: if you remember when Lamar Miller was first there for his first year, we all thought Lamar Miller would do fantastic, but he ended up being questioned by all of these well, people, the coaches, the second running back, the third running back.
0: Like, here's the thing about him: there was uh, some stack going around last year that Lamar Miller is incredible in like the first ten carries or fifteen carries in a game, and then he really drops off after that.
1: Oh, he's only a third year player
0: they could you know maybe he just needs to build up a little bit more endurance and well uh, that and they tend to use the to other players uh, but last year he had a lot of carries but he was great um but he but yes he did very well early in games and then he and then he sort of tapered off later in games well We'll see. But but
1: regardless, he if he is the number one guy there and they end up getting rid of Sean Moreno, or rather not signing him because I think he was only signed to a one-year contract, uh, Lamar Miller is the guy to look at for the number one guy on that backfield. Yeah. And the Dolphins could be a really good team. The Dolphins and the Bills are both very capable of being great teams. But as we talked about before, uh, Ryan Tannehill is way better than Matt Castle or uh um uh EJ Manuel. Oh yeah. So
0: Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback. The second um, I meant to say second, second best quarterback in the. Average.
1: And the Dolphins signed sue for uh 6 years 114 million, which should give the squad's rushing defense a kick in the ass. And remember, last year as far as a passing defense, they were probably like top 5 top 6. They were huge. Yes, they they just yes, weren't right. they weren't very good in it's the, because they the had rushing grimy. defense.
0: Rick Grimes
1: Okay. So uh so let's go ahead and, and uh and rip through some other teams.
0: The Jets, uh they have signed maybe the most people so far this year. Well you
1: you say the Jets oh uh, but, but they have Ryan I Fitzpatrick don't like the Jets so much as their all. quarterback, uh who did really well in uh in Buffalo and actually uh Houston he had its best career year uh for some of his stats. And what's funny is he's Teamed back up with, uh, I think his either quarterback coach or uh, I think it's quarterback coach uh, from Buffalo originally.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh,
1: Back with the Jets.
0: I mean, it's not like you had explosive success there, but
1: no, he was a QB two, but it doesn't matter. Like for for a team to have success, you only need a QB two. You have got Brandon Marshall. um, Just
0: look at you know Jay Cutler getting the Bears to the NFC Championship game.
1: Well, you've got Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker as your your wide receiver one and two, fantastic, right? On paper, on paper, uh, Durrell Revis and Antonio Cromartie. Revis
0: uh, returns home. I think Cromartie. I think that's like a reuniting of like a previous backfield. Yep. And they still have Rex Ryan. And they have. They so don't, don't have Rex running, Ryan. They don't. I thought he was still there
1: on the Jets. Yeah. What? You you do not know what happened to Rex Ryan, do you? I guess not. Can you
0: guess? Well then he must have gotten fired.
1: Rex Ryan. Hmm.
0: He's still Oh, he's the coach of the Bills.
1: Exactly. Oh, cool. Who have a great defense who could be really well, you know, do really well this year. I'm not sure. Anyway, All uh the
0: coaching it... moves happen like immediately as the season ends.
1: True. So uh so the Jets uh Fitzpatrick throwing the ball to Marshall and uh and also Decker. Uh both of those guys should do pretty decently in my opinion. And they've got a good defense who got better. Uh and they lost Percy Harvin who I don't really care about and Michael Vick <laughs> who I don't really care about. Right.
0: That's So they, the Jets, they got better.
1: The Jets got better. Uh Jets could be a really good team. They were 4 and 12 last year. They will probably not be the last place team in that division. Uh, either either oh, the, either the Bills it. or the Dolphins will be worse than we think they are, but I'm not sure which one. Um, AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers, they did not make very many changes as they're not opt-to do. They took D'Angelo Williams because, uh, well, basically because Le'Veon Bell is going to be suspended for between two and four games next year. Yeah. So they need someone to back him up. They need someone to be the lead back while he's gone. D'Angelo Williams is a good choice for that. Someone who could carry the load for a little tiny bit. Uh, they lost Lance Moore. They didn't even use him at all. Really not important. James Harrison and Brett Kiesel, they
0: were guys that were, they still actually performed well, but they were like 37 years old. Yeah, they're old. And you know what happened last year? They didn't have them to start the year. They signed them. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, maybe it happens if they get injuries again uh, for this year, especially with Troy Polamalu, who did he retire? Is that what it
1: was? (laughs) Well, Polamalu may retire, but a decision has not been made yet. The Pittsburgh Steelers brass is just sort of letting him decide what he wants because he has been such a major part of the Steelers organization. They're giving him that respect to sort of decide. That's uh, good.
0: That that. Uh, so if he wants to play, they're just going to sign him?
1: Yeah, that revelation has not yet been passed down. Okay. Um, so the Pittsburgh Steelers should do well because they have Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger. Those players should propel them yeah. to at least the playoffs.
0: You know, Troy Polamalu is like this weird quasi Heinz Ward. You know, he's a lot like Heinz Ward in a lot of ways, except Ward is bald and Polamalu has like... Enough hair for two people.
1: And they play on the opposite side of the ball. Right,
0: right. <laughs> cincinnati it's like, a, it's like a mirror in a funhouse.
1: Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they haven't really made very many changes. Uh, they they went ahead... They keep
0: making the playoffs. I... <laughs> <laughs> yes. They are at the Andy Dalton line. They have uh, decided that they're going to be no better than, like, all right. And they're okay with that.
1: Look, they have Andy Dalton as their quarterback, and they will be just... Uh, Mediocre team. They're like, one of these years, uh, above average. will be any good. Above average.
0: we'll be all right.
1: Well, yes. but So Michael Johnson was on uh, Tampa Bay, and they signed him for a four-year, $24 million contract. And he's a good player. He's 6'7", 270. He's, he's a very good player. But I don't think he's going to change what Cincinnati already has.
0: Right. They're going to have a very strong running game with Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard, and they're going to have a...
1: Um, a mediocre passing decent game, decent passing game with AJ Green and AJ no one Green,
0: else. Andy Dalton, Andy fucking Dalton.
1: Yep, uh, the Ravens, who did pretty well last year,
0: got rid of Tory Smith. Um, yeah, I mean, it, they did they resign Steve Smith then? Yes. Okay. They still have him, anyways. So where did Tory Smith land?
1: Oh, we'll get to that. Okay, but, but it'll be yeah, Tory Smith went to the Forty uh, ers I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, but they. Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> they
1: they did go ahead and sign uh, Kendrick Lewis, who's a defensive back, uh, pretty good. Uh, started for the Texans last year uh, and recorded 84 tackles, two interceptions, and three forced fumbles. So they, they didn't. They they built up their defense a little bit, but getting rid of Torrey Smith, who's one of their best players, I don't think is a good move. Cleveland Browns, they are just lost at this point. They got rid of Brian Hoyer. They didn't get rid of Josh Gordon, but But he's a a free agent, and they don't want to sign him, really, I don't think. Uh, Jordan Cameron got uh, put on Jordan Cameron,
0: get the hell out of there.
1: Jordan Cameron went to the Dolphins, a team that could actually win games. The Browns will obviously be the last place team in this division. They did sign Brian Hartline, Josh McCown, and Tremont Williams, but that will not save them from anything. The Browns... Went from having a decent team in your
0: football bank on
1: paper from being
0: this will not save you, Cleveland.
1: <laughs> yes, from being a good team on paper last year from for, to being terrible this year again. Yeah, uh, AFC at South. least they're bad on paper now. So, Indianapolis Colts they signed Frank Gore and Andre Johnson, and what could be uh, maybe tied for the, the craziest uh, turn of events in uh, in football. They didn't really lose anybody. They lost Reggie
0: Wayne, who was injured most of the year anyways.
1: Who was really great for so long, but is now not contributing.
0: Ten, Second best Colts receiver in Trent history, And Trent Richardson,
1: probably. who was the worst uh, trade that they've ever made. Yeah. So, get rid of Trent. I mean, maybe. Get rid of Reggie. You know, the worst... Uh, they got Frank Gore and
0: Andre Johnson. So No, no, that's that's very smart. This team, I was going to say, the worst trade they ever made was probably leaving Baltimore.
1: This team is basically uh, going to be competing for a conference championship, if not Super Bowl, this year. Uh, and what I said last year, I think at one of the end of our podcast, was that Indianapolis, this was the last year, last year, last year was the last year that, <laughs> that the Colts would not be competing directly for the conference championship and or the Super Bowl. They
0: are going to be able to take that step past the Broncos for sure this They're year. They're going to be
1: like Super Bowl contenders for the next... Five six years.
0: Well, I mean, they were in the championship game last year.
1: Yeah, but they just added win now players. Yeah, and and they want to win they have now. Andrew freaking Luck. Uh, Houston Texans. They added Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett. They got rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick. They have a serious
0: quarterback problem. They added Cecil Shorts. Yes, drink five. They added one of my favorite Patriots, Vince Wilfork.
1: Can you uh, can you pop a few of those beers? I can do that. Yeah, Vince Wilfork from the Patriots, who the Patriots should have re-signed. Uh, he's going to be really good on the Texans, as as well as Raheem Moore. And so now, the Patriots probably have one of the best uh, uh, defensive lines in all of football.
0: I mean, that's the best like two defensive tackle combination in the league, isn't it? Pitts, Wilfork and J.J. Watt. It's going to be ridiculous, dude. Oh, man. The Houston Texans are sort of one of my favorite, like secretly my favorite AFC team this year now.
1: Well, now they have a quarterback who is not so good. Assuming they don't draft someone. Uh, I kind of like Brian Hoyer. 9-7, they can't. So you got a Brian Hoyer, uh, Hoyer the Destroyer, and they lose uh, Andre Johnson. So basically it's Maybe going to Brian be...
0: Maybe Brian Mallett will start.
1: It's going to be... Well, no, I think it'll be Hoyer and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And I just
0: want to see Cecil Shorts do well. And he could. I, I can't wait to watch that defense operate. Jacksonville Jaguars,
1: three and thirteen last year. They got Julius Thomas from the Broncos, uh, and they got Jared Odrick, Devon House, and Dan Scuda. So, very good guys on the line and uh, defensive back. And Julius Thomas could be one of the best tight ends. But he's going to be lost here. His fantasy value is going away.
0: Yeah, he's going to be much more irrelevant. Uh, But Jacksonville was uh, very happy because they were not last last year. (laughs) But that said, he goes from a Julius
1: Thomas, who was one of the top five tight ends, to still in the top 10. I mean, if you don't get one of those top five guys, Julius Thomas will obviously still be a red zone target and be available yeah. as, as like a end of the top 10 kind of ta- uh, Every tight Every once ends.
0: in a while, the tight end is relevant there. And if they have a really good guy, I can see him being a top 10.
1: Tennessee Titans, they got Harry Douglas from the Falcons. Uh, they got Brian Arakpo uh, and Parrish Kosh. Uh, Jake Locker is the only person they lost. The Titans really improved themselves, but they were bad to begin with, so they're not going to be that good now. Did Brian Arakpo is a helpful character there. Harry Douglas is someone who is kind of a red zone target all across the board wide receiver. But do you think that any of this is impactful to fantasy?
0: Uh, Not especially. I mean, Harry Douglas was relevant only in uh, Atlanta when he was filling like Julio Jones's shoes. Yep, Broncos. So 12. Wait, one more question about the the Tennessee Titans. Yep. Did Jake Locker retire?
1: Yep. Huh? No, no, no. He was cut. Sure? I think.
0: I thought I I just heard like today or yesterday that he had retired because there's been several like very young players who have retired this year.
1: Uh. Well, I didn't hear he retired. Uh. uh you're right. He yeah, retired March 10th. Because nobody wanted him.
0: Uh, I mean, that's probably not true. Okay, Uh, he could have been a backup in a lot of teams.
1: You can be a Jake Locker apologist. Oh, come on. (laughs) Okay, so Jake Locker is no longer available, he wasn't cut, he was he retired. So, I, I do apologize to Jake Locker. He had a lot left in him, he just couldn't see his way through to signing to a team, was the problem. Um The Broncos, uh, they signed Owen Daniels and of course got rid of Julius Thomas to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They should be a similar team, except that uh, Peyton Manning is getting older and now he's about 97 years old. So uh, with a 97 year old Peyton Manning, you have problems going towards the end of the season, right? Because a 140 year old Peyton Manning can still pass the ball when it's bright and sunny out sure easy but as soon as it gets uh, a little bit darker and more foreboding uh, that same Peyton Manning has problems I think, I think it's weather I think the Broncos are no longer in it for the conference uh championship uh and and it's sad because they have such good players okay but
0: um fantasy wise can they still have a good regular season where they're very productive Put up a lot of points.
1: You want Demarius Thomas and Peyton Manning for the first, like, let's say 10, 12 games of the season.
0: Okay, good call. But trade if, you, him, if you trade them
1: in the stretch run, well, let's be honest. If you can trade them high like that, if they actually do lead up to those uh, expectations, I have to do Watch that. Watch Peyton Manning
0: win the Super Bowl next year. Impossible. You eat your head.
1: Yeah, well, we haven't made that bet, but I. <laughs> I could possibly eat my hat. Uh Kansas City Chiefs got Jeremy Macklin from the Eagles. They dropped Dwayne Bowe. Their team looks really good. Uh we know that Alex Smith is able to make throws. He's able to uh run around a little bit. He, Niles uh Davis and Jamal Charles are fantastic. Nile Davis. Uh Nile Davis and Jamal Charles are fantastic. Uh Jeremy Macklin should only help them and he's Jamal obviously, Charles. Obviously I'm better.
0: Sorry. I have to always correct you.
1: Obviously better than Dwayne Bowe. So the issue here is, is, is the defense as good as it was two years ago? Because this past year, it, it took a little bit of a, of a fall. So if, if they are able to do that, they could possibly be in the run for winning this division. Uh, especially like it we're talking about for with the Broncos, that is up for grabs because Peyton Manning's super old, and uh, you know they took away a 176. Of those you said 195 years old. Wow. Actually, yeah. San Diego Chargers just acquired Stevie Johnson. Congratulations, as well as Jacoby Jones. You are idiots, San Diego Chargers. <laughs> Ryan Matthews, they lost. You are idiots, San Diego Chargers. Now <sighs> their number one running back is who?
0: Um, Brandon
1: Oliver. Yes. Who was terrible when he actually had to run in a consistent fashion? So San Diego Chargers with their really old quarterback, last place in the division, in my opinion. Jerkface West. Oakland somehow finds a way to beat them.
0: I can see that.
1: Uh, they got rid of their two problems. The Raiders, Trent Richardson. <laughs> now they have they a, new picked up a new problem. <laughs> no, Trent Richardson might be good on the Raiders.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, because we've said that about Darren McFadden a couple times. Maurice Jones Listen
1: to this list of offensive players that the Raiders got Richardson, Roy Halew, and Christian Ponder. All amazing, right?
0: Fucking powerhouses.
1: And who they got rid of? Darren McFadden, Mar- Maurice Jones Drew. Well,
0: these people know who those people are.
1: Yeah, basically, they <laughs> got rid of those people that actually did well at some point in their career, and they signed people that have never done well at Roy any point. Roy Halew's highlight
0: career. is like a good game against the Bears, like historically bad run defense
1: so i rescind what i previously said and obviously the Chargers will not do better than the uh not do worse than the raiders i don't know man the raiders will continue to be the worst team look in...
0: Derek carr as a rookie started every game last year he could improve this year
1: because you like richardson and christian ponder and and uh oh
0: god i sound like a crazy person though, you man. are a crazy person Ah oh. And who are their who are their main receivers I'm sorry Ted we will drink to the death of your Oakland Raiders we are burying them on March 17th the Raiders, 2015. the Raiders
1: could be good in maybe like five years after all the
0: players that were on their team are no longer there boy they're slow playing this division even slower than the uh, than the dolphins and the bills have to slow play the, <laughs> the- Patriots. Let's
1: run the NFC. Dallas Cowboys got Darren McFadden. They got rid of DeMarco Murray. Their offensive line is fantastic. Is a terrible trade offs. Their, their defense sucks, but they will at some point. Get another uh, uh, person on the defense or on the offense as a running back before this off season is over. Yeah. So we're not sure exactly who they're going to grab yet. Uh, I would I would probably think uh, Adrian Peterson, Stephen Ridley, you know, one of those kind of guys will be on that team.
0: Yeah, their defense was improved last year from the year before, and really, Demarco Murray is not going to do what he did last year. Not even close. He got way more money to go where he went.
1: It's because of the offensive line that uh, the Cowboys don't really care who's behind it. And I got to tell you, Darren McFadden, being as old That's as he is, New he could still philosophy. have a really good year.
0: That's New England's philosophy.
1: Darren McFadden could have like an amazing year behind the offensive line, which Sleeper. could be the best offensive line in football. Um Little fifth round pick there. Philadelphia Eagles. They did a lot of things. Chip Kelly is is recognized right now as kind of a polarizing figure in uh, pundits from the NFL. Uh, Sam Bradford for Nick Foles. They picked up DeMarco Murray and let go of Lashawn McCoy. They picked up Ryan Matthews. They picked up uh, a couple other players. They got rid of Jeremy Macklin. Last year, they got rid of Deshaun Jackson. Uh, altogether, I think they got rid of, in the past two years, 10 Pro Bowl appearances. Well, Chip Kelly is building his own team. It, true, and, and, and that's important for him. And I think, personally, that he's going to have a good time doing it. However, <laughs> if Sam Bradford is the actual quarterback here, I have questions about this offense.
0: (laughs) I have questions. But DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews... Mark Sanchez, I have questions.
1: DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews in the backfield could be an amazing tandem, however. Yeah. Um, But neither one of them may be fantasy relevant if they have Jordan Matthews, Josh Huff, Darren Sproles. If if every single player works together to be uh, just as much of a threat as the other ones then That's that means, of the idea there. That means that everyone is not valid in fantasy.
0: There'll be one or two valid fantasy players there, but not like a whole slew of them. Cuz it's it is like you said, going to get spread around a lot.
1: Yep. The Giants uh got Shane Vereen. So the Giants with Odell Beckham Jr. and Victor Cruz and Shane Vereen Is Eli Manning finally going to take off his robe and play football
0: again? (laughs) Has it been five years since his last championship? It's around that time. Well, then expect it soon.
1: Look, the the Giants could at any time win the championship. That is what we've we've decided.
0: That's what the Giants do. Yeah. They just randomly win every once in a while.
1: And they have good players on their team.
0: They're going to have Victor Cruz and Odell Beckham Jr.
1: And they have good defensive players as well. They still have them. Somehow. Some way uh Washington Redskins uh not really relevant. Not really. Uh they lost Roy Hailu. I don't even want to talk about him. Uh the NFC North, Green Bay Packers basically didn't do anything except they lost a couple of guys on their uh, on their defensive and offensive lines. Right. Uh now it's not really going to matter because they were able to fill him in, uh, both with Brian Balaga and some other players they can drag Wasn't in. Wasn't
0: Balaga on their team? Or was he on Detroit?
1: Oh, uh, He was somewhere else. Okay. But I'm not sure where he was. Uh, but he is a big name out there. He was a big signing, like a $30 million or something signing. Uh, generally, if I put someone on this list, it was because of the dollar amount, I think. No,
0: he was drafted by the Packers. Because I had seen an awesome stat as of Saturday.
1: So they re-signed him for a lot of money then?
0: Right. And he's actually from um, Barrington, Illinois. All right. Uh, but they had, of the 60 signed players they had, only Julius Peppers had played for another team.
1: Wow. So point is, the Packers don't do a lot of stuff in the offseason. They may have lost a couple people, but they're pretty much going to remain the same. Uh, the Lions... <sighs> So they they ended up getting uh, Nada from another team, and they got rid of Sue. What's funny is a lot of the players on the Lions thought that Nada was probably like uh, kind of like Sue, so they sort of replaced him. Uh, and they also got rid of Reggie Bush because they have Theo Riddick, who is cheaper and actually did about as good as he did in those games that he filled in for Reggie Bush. Yeah. So what you've got is Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate as far as your fantasy prospects uh-huh. uh, as well as Joique Bell and Theo Riddick and Matt Stafford. Now, the Lions are crazy because every other year they do really well. So, didn't do that well last year in fantasy, expect them to do really well this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and replacing uh Sue with Haloti Nada is perfect. They have another Guy with like an N and an awkward consonant right after it.
1: Um, <laughs> you can hardly spell it. You don't know how to. And, and uh, it's the next best. Put it down like there. defensive
0: lineman to be signed
1: it really was not a problem for them. But um Ching Minnesota Vikings 7 and 9 last year, Sean Hill and Mike Wallace were their signings, got rid of Greg Jennings. I think Mike Wallace is a is a replacement for Greg Jennings that is good.
0: That's a much better replacement. Now, if only Mike Wallace can learn to work with people. And and Bortles is the quarterback there. He's just there. not a people
1: person. New quarterback, uh he has started to do better. No, 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 no. You said Bortles. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean Teddy Bridgewater. Uh so Bridgewater on the Close. uh on the <laughs> on the Vikings, has started to do better. He's going to be there for a long time. They're kind of uh, invested in him. And and having a guy like Mike Wallace that's still not old, that's a good receiver, uh, maybe they'll be able to keep him under wraps. I'm not sure. It's kind of like the uh, Brandon Marshall to the Bears sort of trade where you're like this guy's going to get all the passes but will he be able to be a reasonable human being while he (laughs) while he does it while he's there while he gets the spotlight in that city exactly exactly so your opinion of
0: brandon marshall or mike wallace
1: of the vikings this year do they go they're gonna
0: improve i think that they're gonna be able to compete with the Lions. Uh, For second place
1: I think they get a little bit better too And Adrian Peterson is still a toss up He could go back
0: to the Vikings He might
1: be somewhere else Uh, We're not really sure yet But the Vikings still have control over his destiny
0: I have no idea what's going to happen with Peterson
1: No, neither does anyone else But it's going to happen in the next couple weeks Yeah. Um, Chicago Bears So the Bears got rid of Marshall, he went to the Jets That is Uh,
0: what they call addition by subtraction The good old cliche
1: Okay, uh, he si- they signed Eddie Royal, who was butt buddies with Jay Cutler in uh, Denver Broncos. But buddies. Uh, They signed Pernell McPhee, who has a great track record on paper. Uh, and they signed a couple other guys on defense because they want to build up the defense for more than it was this previous year. Now, being that the Bears have a new coach, you know, they have a new GM, the whole situation is very different, but they brought back Jay Cutler. Uh can we say that the Bears are rebuilding, or should we say that the Bears are crashing out desperately?
0: Um, well, since they've replaced their coach and GM, I would say that they oh. are rebuilding. Generally, because if you're Because that is a rebuilding move.
1: Generally, if you're rebuilding, you get rid of the older players, so you would get rid of a guy like uh, Forte, you get rid of a guy like Cutler, you replace them with new I know that people. they
0: can afford to get rid of Cutler and... I don't know that they would need to get rid of Forte. I think Forte is like the only player like on the Hines team that's Ward good. And Tro- Troy Polamalu, they're going to be he's going to be really good for most of his career. He's probably just going to play for the one team. He's always going to be a good guy. Look, I feel, he's always going to be rather productive.
1: I feel bad for Forte because he'll never be on a team that wins anything.
0: I know. And he's a good guy and like he does nothing but play well as often as he can. And he puts up great stats all the time. So Forte
1: will be a top ten running back this year, no yeah. matter what the offensive yeah. uh, play calling is like.
0: But it doesn't matter because Matt the, the Bears can't win a championship. It's going to be a non-jerk version of Walter Payton.
1: Yeah. So it's like here's one of the best running backs. They ever out win, there in he's the NFL. And he's not going to complain
0: about it. And he won't even make the Hall of Fame either because because none of the teams he was on are very spectacular. None of them. They all suck. Was he on the? He was not on the Bears when they went to the Super Bowl. He got drafted like the next year or two years later. Um, so the farthest he went would be to the NFC Championship game with Jay Cutler.
1: Those poor bastards. Yeah. Uh, NFC South, Carolina Panthers. They pretty much remain the same. They got rid of D'Angelo Williams. That means that they are going with Jonathan Stewart as the primary running back. Uh, they also have Mike, Mike Tolbert. Uh, uh, <laughs> Gross Mike Tolbert. Gross Michel Tolbert. Uh, still on their team, uh, it's a pretty good decision in my in my opinion. Uh, so you give a guy like uh, like DeAngelo Williams over to Pittsburgh, so they could use him for one or two games, and you don't want him anymore because he's not going to be useful for an entire season. Uh, right. They're looking to get Ted Ginn. Uh, who is a kick returner slash wide receiver? Maybe they can get him. Uh, really, this this team is about Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin, Cam, and Cam Newton, Newton, and Jonathan Stewart. Yeah. And and those guys can do really well. And Carolina, don't forget, they have a great defense. They had a great defense. They, they have, have a great defense.
0: They have the best linebacker in the league, fucking Luke Kuechly.
1: So they could do well here. You know, they were seven and eight uh, this past year. The funny thing about that is that that was the best record in the NFC South
0: seven eight and one.
1: The next, oh, forget
0: the shame of a tie.
1: <laughs> True, the the next uh, the next record was the New Orleans Saints, who got rid of everyone on their team, who apparently just think <laughs> that they're okay with Drew Brees and Marcus Colston.
0: They got rid of Kenny Stills, Jimmy Graham, and Pierre Thomas, and What's they signed. The F-
1: they signed C.J. Spiller, Brandon Browner, and Max Unger. All right,
0: Brandon Browner good, Max Unger good. Yeah, but C.J. Spiller,
1: he's, he is a young I guess he's running back, as good as Pierre Thomas. He's a he's a different running back than Pierre Thomas. And they
0: re-signed Mark Ingram.
1: Look, it's going to be Spiller and Ingram going after it. It's going to be a power running team with uh, Breeze, uh, con- like throwing it occasionally. And wait, you got... wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, Did you say Breeze is going to throw it occasionally? He's going to throw it all the fucking time because that's what he does. All right. He consistently has among the most passing attempts in the league, probably top three, at the very least, top five for most of his career. I
1: think they're going to change the team.
0: How... So you think they're going to focus on the power running because that's what worked for him last year? I like the fact that uh
1: like Sean Payton and and the Saints think that they c- can get a replacement for Jimmy Graham in uh in Josh uh, what's his name? Josh
0: Oh man. Smith
1: something like that. Uh idea. he's like a he's he's a he's a guy just like Jimmy Graham. Uh like a big a big guy who can catch the ball. he scored like five touchdowns last year. Uh, and really flew under the radar. Are you talking about Joseph Foria? No. Foria it was on the Lions. On the
0: Lions, right. No, we're talking about the Saints but i don't know where foria is this year
1: me either where is foria
0: that's like a where's waldo
1: that's what we really should be basing the get show get vince
0: on, on right. the phone he'll know where is joseph
1: foria right now <laughs> uh no josh hill i think his name is uh, anyway he he's a he's a tall good red zone threat that scored like 5 touchdowns last year Flew under the radar and should be the new Jimmy Graham for the Saints. However, I just don't think it's going to be that way. I feel like uh, the Saints are going to have major problems getting rid of players like Stills and Graham. I don't think that they can just get rid of superstars and be the same that they were.
0: That's a very good observation. I agree.
1: Uh, they can try. And they think that there are Chip Kelly and the Eagles over there. And, and I don't know about Chip Kelly either. Chip
0: Kelly is signing, like, better players at least.
1: Yeah, the Saints are like, we'll just Chip Kelly whoever. signed
0: DeMarco Murray, and they signed C.J. Spiller.
1: Atlanta Falcons 6-10, Leonard Hagerson and Brooks Reed, they signed, Stephen Jackson, Harry Douglas, they let go. Uh, They should be about the same. Yeah, they're
0: keeping their core good players.
1: Which means they'll be about third place in that division. Uh, I actually think the Falcons could beat the Saints because of the things the Saints lost.
0: I don't see any reason why any of these teams can't win. Any of these three teams can't win the division.
1: Not the fourth, though, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the worst team in football. Lovey Smith is gutting them to the worst... (laughs) <laughs> the worst showing they've ever had they just signed chris conte to, to patch him up with uh we major didn't even Wright. talk
0: about the redskins they're terrible
1: <laughs> and henry melton he's fantastic Don't forget the titans and they got rid of josh McCown so that they could have a different quarterback in place and who is that quarterback
0: they might they're pretty they're gonna draft a guy they're, <laughs> they're, a they're a taking Jameis woodson yeah they're and they're
1: gonna James start Winston. him right away Yeah. So it's Jameis Winston basically throwing the ball to Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. So yes,
0: we're gonna have some like crazy good games. Look for most of them are gonna be shitty. There's there's fantasy relevance. They're gonna be down all the time, and that is always good, as we know, for wide receivers in garbage time.
1: So Mike Evans can probably have a
0: ton of touchdowns, like he did last year.
1: I don't even want to touch that team. It's just It looks like such garbage.
0: Yeah. Let's someone else draft them this year.
1: Uh, in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks, who almost won the Super Bowl, they made good moves. The main moves they made were Jimmy Graham and Max Unger. So they got rid of their older center and traded him off. They, in turn, took Jimmy Graham, who is one of the premier uh, tight end red zone threats, and put them on their team. Now, if you don't think that's good for Russell Wilson, you're an idiot. So, I don't care what you say about Jimmy Graham. You know, he's I, probably going to like, trend slightly downward as far as fantasy points I know concerned. what I was
0: saying about Unger. He, I, I was saying that he's old. He's not actually that old. He's 28. He'll be 29 when the season starts. And I like this trade for the Saints. I didn't think it was like... I'm sorry. I like this trade for the Seahawks. I think it was that great for the Saints. I like it for the Seahawks because now Jimmy Graham is the best receiver on that team. Yes. There is no
1: one that can even touch him. Right. He is going to be getting all of the ball. Right. In the middle of the field, it's all Jimmy Graham. Yes. And and can you imagine playing against a team that has Russell Wilson that could run at any time, Marshawn Lynch, who's the best running back in football, arguably, and Jimmy Graham, that is a monster over the middle and could also be a red zone threat. Plus, their receivers, who are not slouches. You know, uh, guys like Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse, they are not slouches. Not they at all. How are they not going to win this year? <laughs>
0: uh, because either the Patriots are going to figure it out or the Colts are going to figure it out.
1: But they're going to get there.
0: Uh, Again. Well, I mean, the main competition in the NFC would probably be the Cowboys, right? Cowboys and the Packers. So the Arizona
1: Cardinals, which are also a good competition, they did really well this year uh, by signing a couple of guys. They
0: re-signed Larry Fitzgerald. They figured that one out.
1: Yep, and they signed a couple of guys to be quite amazing on their team. Uh, Mike
0: Upadi and Lamar Woodley. Right. So they're poaching a guy from... Was Woodley on uh, the the Steelers last year?
1: No, I don't. I don't think so.
0: Oh, he was probably in Oakland.
1: Uh, but but they they didn't get rid of anybody really, not any big names anyway. So what we're doing is we're is is we're looking we're Arizona. We're like we're gonna bring back Carson Palmer for one more chance to win it. Now we were one of the <laughs> best teams in the league. Yes. As far as like a winning record, as far as defense the defense. Spectacular. The offense was spreading it out all over the place. I know Bruce Arians. I'm a I'm a big Steelers fan, so I'm really familiar with the way that he spreads out the ball. They brought Larry uh uh not Larry Fitzgerald back, uh but yeah, they did. Uh, yeah Larry Fitzgerald. Exactly. Uh so they, they still got their studs, they didn't go anywhere. Uh I mean look, this could be They need be, to
0: replace Andre Ellington. Well and then they will really improve.
1: Adrian Peterson.
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That could be really good.
1: If Arizona gets Adrian Peterson, they could win the Super Bowl. Period.
0: Bold statement.
1: Uh, San Francisco 49ers. So
0: clearly a a competition for Seattle. They are
1: losing all of their players. So goodbye, Frank Gore. Goodbye, Michael Crabtree. Goodbye, their coach. Goodbye, some of their best defensive players. Uh, And and as you probably know, and everybody else who's listening, uh, they... Uh, there was a very publicized thing just recently. Uh, one of the rookies uh, right. there that that had just started, who was probably uh, like a top five uh, at the position.
0: Chris Borland, I believe, led the team in tackles. He basically took Patrick Willis's place because Willis got hurt last year, and he wound up retiring at the end of the season. He decided he was a bit young to retire as well. He seemed like a guy who could go down as a hall of fame player. It seems like if you're on the 49ers, early.
1: they're, they're, they're running you too hard. And
0: Chris Borland <laughs> was his replacement retires after his rookie year. A guy who could wind up making tens of millions just in the salary, but decides like he would rather not, you know, go through what football is going to put him through. Yeah. He
1: goes off on his $500,000 rookie salary. And, and you know, I, I did it's some not research. Like
0: he can't, you know, he can work for the well, rest of I his life. Well, I did some
1: research. I uh, so he comes from a well-to-do family. Okay, uh, he he wants to go into sports management. I mean, he's thinking about making like a million, million five a year, like so. He's not, but
0: he's he, not only playing football to make money.
1: If he had played this year as well as he did last year, et cetera, if he had gone past his rookie contract, he could have maybe made baller money. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't I don't slide them you know I, these people if if they're intelligent people and and they know that like uh they could ruin their lives and and their intelligence you know by by playing the game. I, that's cool. I mean, if you want to bow out, you're welcome to. I'm not going to throw stones at you, you. Know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely his decision, and I think it's a great thing that now players are at least being presented with a greater wealth of knowledge. You know in regards to the risks that they're taking.
1: True. So the 49ers signed Reggie Bush and Torrey Smith. What that means to me is that they're going to go for more of like a passing, more of a, like get the ball away, and 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 sort of a an outside threat kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so if you've got uh, a good offensive line, and you've got a guy like Kaepernick who is able to, uh, at any time, rush the ball, and you've got guys like Torrey Smith and Reggie Bush, who can catch those balls on uh, little outward routes. That could be a scary team. But they did lose a lot of their uh, of their powerhouse players, um, just like we mentioned just a minute ago, uh, from basically concussions and uh, from thinking that there was uh, just, just too much dust.
0: That team's going to look a lot different than it did last year. This is going to be a tough a, one. They're going to have a new coach. They're going to have a you know, a slew of new players. Um, I still think they may be trying to get rid of Kaepernick. And I don't know who they'd go with in return. No one's gonna take Kaepernick. I, I, I know. Who's Kaepernick in Tennessee wanna, or something. You know, they wanna you know, they wanna <laughs> establish a new regime there, uh, much like they were doing in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Where I think they may they may be trying to get rid of Cutler or at least work on his replacement soon.
1: Yeah. So, let's look at divisions. So, uh, I'm just going to give you a division. and You tell me who's going to win it, okay? And tell me why. And that division is the AFC East. That's New England, Buffalo, Miami, and New York.
0: I think that the Patriots are going to win it because the Patriots are going to win it.
1: All right, I'll take the AFC North. I've got Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. I'm going to take Pittsburgh again. I think they have three of the better players in the NFL, and there's no reason why they shouldn't win it again.
0: Okay. Which one are you giving me?
1: Well, you get the AFC South. That's the Colts, the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Titans.
0: Oh, man. I said earlier how I really like the Texans, and I think that they're going to be one of my favorite teams in the AFC, but I will not pick against the Colts right now. Uh, But the Texans will make a wild card appearance in the playoffs.
1: I like that. I'll take the West. That's the Broncos, the Daniels, the Chiefs, the Daniels the Daniels <laughs> the you mean Bron- the Mannings the the, the, Bron- <laughs> the Broncos the Chiefs the Chargers and the Raiders and I think that division is easily won by the Chiefs yes that's right folks the Broncos take a back Who seat owned the Chiefs Kansas City
0: you don't you don't know Slapshot <laughs> shame
1: on you oh sorry for not liking hockey
0: Anyways, give me another division.
1: NFC East, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Redskins.
0: Cowboys, for sure. And why? Because the offensive line on that team is better than any other.
1: It's going to be the Cowboys versus the Eagles. The Eagles are
0: getting better. They're not there yet. No? Not yet. They need another year.
1: Okay, and I take the Packers, Lions, Vikings, and Bears. I think that's pretty easy. Yeah, I, think I already the, wrote the Packers, down which team you're picking. The Packers win yeah, <laughs> that division. You get the NFC South, which is the Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons, or the Buccaneers. The worst division in football this past year. Oh, God.
0: Year. I'm going to pick the Falcons this year. It's like a different team every year. I find that
1: interesting. I don't think the Saints will do that well. I think it's between the Panthers and the, and the Falcons. Okay, yeah.
0: well then you need to finish it off with the NFC West.
1: The West is the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the 49ers and the Rams. Ooh, I think I know who you're going to take. And I take the Seahawks.
0: Ah. Uh, you're not going to you're not going to be bold and take the Cardinals.
1: Look, I love them. I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they could upset teams, but I the Seahawks are too good right now. They're just at the top of their game. This is like the Cowboys of like 1994, you know. It's it's the it's a team that's just really doing well. It's going to be doing well over a period of as long as they have Marshawn Lynch.
0: All right. Fair <laughs> enough.
1: Cool. So uh, so looking ahead, uh, draft strategies for this next year, I, uh, I again think that you need to take wide receivers. But if, if you're in the first couple picks, I think that taking a running back is absolutely super important because so many teams this year are kind of doubling down or, or getting rid of their sort of lone threat. Mm-hmm. So you've got, who are the best guys, right? You've got like Le'Veon Bell.
0: The very top of the game, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. And I think Odell Beckham will be up there this year.
1: Well, I'm talking about running backs.
0: Oh. If uh,
1: Le'Veon Bell was a wide receiver, I mean, he sort of catches balls. Let me <laughs> you know.
0: Well, then you've got you know Matt Forte, Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson. Yes. And DeMarco Murray. And I suppose you need to include LeSean McCoy in that group still. He didn't go to a scrub team. Yeah,
1: and I, I agree with that. So, so those guys will be good. Arian Foster is probably higher than LaShawn McCoy for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, because he's split with Fred Jackson. Just because I
0: forgot someone doesn't mean that I slight them.
1: No, no, no. But but Please, I think
0: Arian Foster don't come look for me.
1: But if I'm going to limit it all to just like three guys, and I don't know where Adrian Peterson is yet, so I'm not going to say his name. But I think that <laughs> I think that Le'Veon Bell. I think you
0: said it like twice.
1: Well, if he goes to a good team with a good offensive line, then obviously it's going to be important. But I'm not sure that's going to happen. If he goes to Arizona, he could be the number 2 running back overall, you know. Yeah. Um, but right now it's it's Bell. I think Bell is the clear number 1. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you've also got as you said, you've got uh There's, you
0: know, about six other guys. Charles McCoy. Well, Jamal Murray. Charles is still a Top five guy, yeah, Adrian Peterson. But
1: McCoy and Murray and Peterson, I don't know if they're up there because they're kind of in situations that are fluid, right? They're they're the traded. They're they're not necessarily. Yeah, but
0: they're like supreme talents still. <sighs> yeah, well,
1: uh, Chip Kelly didn't think so. <laughs> What I think is that you got to pick your own top three. And those top three are more important than the other wide receivers. But I think that this year is different from most years because most years I would recommend that you take for six picks the first running back. And this year, I would recommend that you take one of your top three running backs. And if you can't get them, then take one of your top wide receivers. That is a little different for me. So I actually do recommend taking a wide receiver pretty early if you can't get a top three running back, in your opinion.
0: Okay, well, I think that my main draft strategy going into this year is going to focus more on a best available type strategy. Isn't that normally what it is? Well, no. Like I just said earlier, when I was playing certain leagues, I might have focused more on a running back or a wide receiver. I'm going to go with best available. Like, I took three running backs in a row to start a draft. Uh, and, you know, that is definitely not going to happen next year. Okay. Unless they just happen to all be the best available. In which case, I'll probably wind up with a better team anyways.
1: Well, best available is really up to you, you
0: know? I'm aware. You know, it's it's what I determine to be the best available players. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe, like, uh, Justin Forsett will wind up being... Or, wait. Yeah, foresight on the Ravens, right? We'll wind up being really good next year. Um but I don't necessarily expect like a ton of new guys to join the ranks of like awesome running backs.
1: I gotcha. Well, um if
0: there's nothing else
1: for you to add, I think we should wrap this up.
0: Uh yeah, that's fine with me. Alright, well then look forward
1: to our new show. Uh fantasy football should resume. Uh, for either a pre- or post-draft rookie show. And uh, as always, tune into Drink5Network at Drink5.com and join us at Twitter.com slash Drink5Network. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, slash Drink5 and Facebook.com slash Drink5Network. We love you guys. Cheers.